coming up next on the health hustle well i know when i started the brand even when i like uh decided on the name the name is what took me the longest because for me i wanted it to be cool but it had to have meaning because i know if you start with a message at the foundation compared to like something that just looks cool the one with the message is going to outlast it and we've built this like pretty cool community now because of the message there's an uphill community of people that just are diehard and there's it's so cool i did not expect that but it's because we started with the message because like everyone could resonate to that everyone's going through something it doesn't matter how significant or insignificant it might seem to you but that's what brings you together like we're all going through something and the fact that our brand pushes like you're gonna be okay keep going keep pushing like have a good perspective about it it's gonna pay off later and i think that's what like really ties people in together and that's how we've built this community and now it's my favorite thing out of anything like i did not expect to have a community of people that just like are die hard about the message like yes i think we make cool clothing but the fact that like they know the message is the most important thing to do what up, y'all? On this episode, I had a chance to sit down with my buddy Jason Lucero. Jason is from El Paso, Texas, graduated from Texas State, has a 165-pound Great Dane by the name of Moose, which I've met. He is a lovable critter, and his favorite book is Shoe Dog, which is fitting for this episode. Some of the things that we get into specifically, though, on this episode are how growing up in a broken home shaped who he is today and the entire brand that he's built with Uphill Battle, the value in having difficult conversations conversations, the importance of perspective on everything, the day he was literally unable to walk and he used to be an athlete, what he learned from growing up in El Paso in general, the best way to build a brand, and he knows a lot about brand building, dealing with overwhelm, and the advice he would give to his younger self if he was to start over from ground zero, and so much more. One last thing, if you're a health or fitness professional and you're having difficulties getting leads, one of the most common reasons that I see this is not having a well-defined niche. If you go to the link in the description, I have a free three-step process that walks you through exactly how to get clarity on which niche is best suited for you and your business. Without further ado, let's go. Red lights on, we're actually recording this time. Jason. Richard Lucero, <laughs> welcome to the show, brother. How you doing? I'm wonderful. What about you? Uh, good. Now that I know for a god-given fact that I've hit record <laughs> on all three of my devices this time, because you for anybody, update everyone. <laughs> see what happened last time. So last time we did this, this was was it? Must have been closer it, to December. It had right? to be like November. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> long. Yeah, last year basically we had a great conversation, probably life changing. And then I got to the end of it and I was like, bro, I forgot to hit record. <laughs> On top of that, it was probably close to two hours. <laughs> like, oh, I felt so bad. I've told so many people about that yeah. story now. I can't, like, literally probably for the last year now, every single time I sit down with somebody, I was like, by the way, I'm not going to fuck this up because I made the mistake one time and I felt so bad about it. And so I'm, so, here's the good news though. Here's the, here's the good news is that second conversations are always better than the first conversation. All right. So we get a second run at this and it'll be even better than the last time. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it. I hope, I hope so. I hope you have numbers on that. I, I don't. But. Uh, so where I want to start is I literally want to jump right into it. But before I do, actually, okay. though, uh, just to give people context as to who you are and what you're doing, you're doing a lot of things now. I'm super excited yeah. about what's all happening in your life from 
training to your mm-hmm. clothing line of uphill battle. You're getting into golfing for some yeah, crazy yeah. odd reason. Um, not good. But I've, I've seen you have like multiple social media accounts now from yeah. your personal one to your coaching one to the clothing brand line. Mm-hmm. So you're doing a lot. Yeah, it's a lot, but you know, it's fun. Yeah, I feel me, the same way. Keeps me going. I, I say the same thing is like, I feel like I'm juggling three things, but I love all three of them. So it's hard to put one down. That's perfect. That's a perfect way to put it. That's exactly yeah, how I Yeah, I never feels. thought about it that yeah. way, but that's perfect. But so let's jump right into it. I want to start with, I know you have a bit of a soft spot for kids growing up in broken homes and, mm-hmm. and some of the challenges of that. And so I just want to kind of start there with your journey and your experience with something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, I guess we could kind of preface this with like the brand, right? Uphill um, and the meaning behind it, which is kind of just trying to continue to go any through anything you're going through trying to keep a positive perspective on things and just like ride with the waves dude like shit's always going to be bad you know someone next to you might be going through something um you might be going through something one's not greater than the other and i think i learned that perspective like growing up early um coming back to like the broken home thing and i don't want to i don't want to make it also not seem like my family was worse like you know what i mean like i love my mom i love my dad they were a great influence on me but man like we went through some fucked up shit so um and i'm very aware of uh i think just situations in general Hmm. so i'm very aware of how like one wrong decision coming up in a difficult situation could have just led me down the wrong path and that's made me be like really grateful for that situation Mm. because in my neighborhood where i grew up it wasn't the best um, this is in El Paso, right? Yeah, in El Paso. Yeah. I just noticed a lot of the kids growing up with me specifically, like that I went to elementary school with, like, dude, like a lot of them are in prison. Like a lot of them are like working like bad jobs. They've gotten in trouble. They've gotten arrested. You know what I mean? And even though my family wasn't the best, they guided me in the right direction. And they gave, they gave me enough examples of how to get through that. Um, even though you're surrounded by it. So that's why even though, you know, like my situation might not have been the best, like I give my parents so much credit because I could be one decision away from from being in prison, from never getting out of being back home, from, you know, not being as ambitious as I feel today because like I see it and it kind of freaks me out. And I know they did a good job because my sister's doing great and I'm doing great. Like, you know, they, they... allowed both of us to have a chance of coming out of a not so great situation when I firsthand witnessed a lot of people just take the wrong path. Mm. So that's why like it's such a like soft topic for me is because I'm like so grateful. And that came over time. I think perspective came over time because at the time, you know, like things seemed miserable. Like like dude this fucking sucks. Like I was a high schooler going through a lot of things that like I think a kid should never go through. And then now I'm like, I remember being in college, having like mental breakdowns because I realized something I didn't realize when I was a kid. Like, I don't know if it's like, you know, you just don't know what it is at the time. And I specifically remember one time in college laying in bed, about to go to bed. And I was like, holy shit. My mom was in the mental hospital. I never realized that. Bam. Slap in the face. Had to call my sister. was like, dude, we went and visited mom one time at a mental hospital. And I didn't know she was there because I just thought we were going to visit mom, right? So um, perspective changes as you get older. Um, you go through things and you're able to like 
you know, that's why I still give him, give him props, dude. My mom was like struggling and she still got me through this. My mom is the sweetest, most loving person I know. And my dad is the hardest working person I know and the most disciplined. So even though they had their faults, I feel like I got the best of both of them. Damn. And I feel like my sister did too. So like, even though they had their faults, somehow we were able to um, get their best traits and they were able to transfer those traits to us, uh, given our situation. So that's kind of why I have such a like soft spot for like kids that are in that situation. And that's why my brand, or that's why I really wanted my brand to have such a like positive message. Because if you keep pushing and you have the right perspective on things, like, like there's no ceiling to like what you could do. And I truly believe that just because it's so first person for me. So, Dude, I appreciate you sharing that, man. I think a lot of people can really resonate with just, yeah, the challenges of a, of a difficult upbringing, man. Is like, I actually recently had a couple episodes, Joe Fair was on the show and he was telling a lot of stories about similar situations where like one in, if in specific was he was talking about, he came home to find his mom with like overdosed on drugs, mm -hmm. like on the couch, like at home. And as a kid, having to see something like that and how at the time you don't even know what's going on. Yeah. You have no clue. Yeah, yeah. You just almost to the point where it's like, oh, is this normal? Does everybody deal with this? Mm -hmm. And not really realizing until you get out of it or come to somewhere like Austin. And that's a crazy thing, right? Like for me, that life was normal. Right. Like that was normal. Right. And then you you start going up and you go through other things. You're like, oh, that wasn't so normal. <laughs> like, OK. But I mean, it, yeah, I, I agree with you 100 percent. Do you still, I mean, how's your relationship with your parents now? That's good. Um, you know, they struggle with like their own demons as we all do sure. daily and stuff. Um, but I also think they learn from that situation too, because um, I think they learn from their faults and I've had difficult conversations with them because part of, I think my trauma was also addressing it with them. Totally. Like, like hey, like I, I love you, but you did this when we were young and I, I want to talk about that. That doesn't mean I'm never, like, I'm not taking anything away from you. I don't love you less for it. But this is how it made me feel. Because I used to have crippling anxiety from that. Like I told you, I was laying in bed, and I realized that I was in that situation. And I just was like, holy shit. And then it, it would bother me, and I was like, dude, I have to talk about this. Hmm. I have to talk about this. And um, luckily, I have my sister, because I was able to call her and stuff. Have you ever gone through therapy or anything? I haven't. Well, no. I, actually... I think I've been to like one session with my mom, um, but outside of that, no. Okay. I think I'm just really, I try to be as like upfront because I don't like things bothering me. I'm very like upfront. I'm okay with having like awkward conversations, hard conversations. Same. And so if something's boiling over, I know how it affects me. Mm. So I'd rather just talk to it directly. Yeah, I can re relate with that a lot, man. I think over the years, as if I'm like some wise sage or some shit, but like, I've begun to realize that I just value my mental peace oh, so dude. much, like probably more than most anything at the end of the day, to the point where I'm 100% willing to have the difficult conversations or to put myself in awkward circumstances just to have the mental peace to knowing that I've dealt with something mm -hmm. as opposed to letting it ruminate and take up space in my mind. Like, that's taken me a long time to learn that. 100%. And I think that just comes with maybe maturing too, because... Like you said, if something's on your mind, you don't talk about it. Even if I have to apologize to someone, I'm going to apologize. Like, I'm not this person that's like, I was right. Okay, I was wrong. And I'm just going to sit on it. Like, no, I was wrong. And I want to let you know that because I don't want that sitting on my like mind forever. Like, 
um, it, it's it's crazy, right? Like how that just happens. Yeah, I think. And I don't right. think it just happens, but I think um, maybe you go through certain things, or you just realize it, or you value your mental peace so much. Yeah, yeah. I remember learning that uh, I might butcher how they said it, but something along the lines of the most important thing in the world is what you think about yourself when you're by yourself. And the easiest way to get comfortable with sitting with the thoughts in your head is to one is just always be honest and have good integrity, but it's mm -hmm. also to, to have the difficult conversations and to make the choices and to make the decisions and to deal with the relationships that you don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. Because then when you can lay your head down at night and go to sleep and go like, yep, I dealt with those things. Like that to me is probably the most important thing, honestly, is to be able to lay down in bed and be like, all right, I did what I needed to do today. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's with a lot of things too. Like if it's just sitting on your conscience or like you're constantly thinking about that, like I hated living in that state of mind. Like I'm like you, I like to like lay down and know like I did the difficult things today. I had conversations, but like they had to be done and I'm not worried about them anymore. Totally. You know, and I think the point you just nailed of being able to sit alone by yourself and like feel okay about yourself is very, very important because um, at one point, dude, I was like so anxious. My mental health was not good. I did not like being alone for that situation. And it wasn't because like I felt guilty about things. It's just like I hadn't talked about all these things that had happened. And now like I value my alone time so much. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and it, it's cool to see. Like, I think I've just had two perspectives of life. It's almost like I lived two different lives because I was so mentally and healthy on one side and had been through so much. And now I'm on the opposite side of that. But I'm on this side because of this side. Totally. If you were talking to maybe your younger self or somebody else going through that situation of difficult upbringing or difficult surroundings or environments, like what would you tell them? Or what would you tell your younger self? I think just keep doing what you're doing because it worked. Um, I, th I'm, I say this now because I'm in this situation. Totally. And at that time I probably would have been like, that sounds so fucking stupid. Dude. <laughs> like tell me something better. But I think everything played out the way it was supposed to be. Mm. Like I said, I think I learned this perspective because of that. Yeah. So I really think I'm the person I am today because of the things I went through before. Yeah. And I like 1000% believe that. And that, like anyone I have conversations with, um, they know that. Because I'm an open book, dude. Like I could talk. I'm, I don't mind sharing anything with anyone, too, because I think everyone has traumas and some people just need to talk. And if you could relate to them in some way, like that might open them up to you a little bit more. And you might be helping. them. I don't know. It's one of the things I love about doing the show, man, is I can't tell you the number of people that have reached out to me and just like just thankful for some of the conversations I've had or some mm -hmm. of the like open stories that people have shared and how it's related to them and really help them work through things like it's by far like way beyond any sort of monetary reward. Like getting messages like that is like the most rewarding thing by far. Dude. And I mean, like, it's amazing that you have that platform. Like I've never told anyone publicly that my mom was in that situation, you know? So like that shows me I'm more comfortable talking about it now, which yeah. is really cool because before I was like not embarrassed, but that's like a soft spot for me. Totally. And, but then I noticed dude, when you, like I just said, when you share soft spots with people, like they, they will appreciate that more than anything i think the expression i once heard was that we connect to each other's rough edges oh that's great 
right? That's fucking great. It's like if you're just walking around all silky smooth, it's like everything's awesome, amazing, as people just slide off that. But if you're honest and you're vulnerable and you show the challenges and the struggles and the pains, that's what people latch onto at the end of the day because it's real. It's real. 100%. Like, we're not perfect. Um, so I know you grew up in El Paso. Mm-hmm. Uh, you played basketball. You dealt with mm-hmm. a pretty heavy injury, which is mm-hmm. kind of what got you into the fitness space in yeah. the first place, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that was something I wanted to briefly tap on with you is that I know you had some pretty heavy challenges with like that injury, and it's kind of mm-hmm. like what led you to a lot of what you're doing now today. Mm-hmm. What's like maybe you feel like the lesson that you learned going through those struggles of like not even really being able to walk again and mm-hmm. having to have a surgery at such a young age and like having to figure out how to move my body again. Like mm-hmm. what are some of the takeaways you got from something like that? The biggest takeaway for me is I think it showed me that number one, uh, like not to be scared of one thing is taken away, even though it seems very like, like this is everything. My eggs are all in one basket. I'm not going to be okay if it's gone because that happened to me and it was gone. And I was in a space where it was taken away and I was lost for a while, right? Like I didn't know what to do because I had one goal and I wanted to, I'm like so headstrong, but I had one goal in mind and I'm going to get it. And then that got taken away from me. And I was like, dude, this is fucking scary. Not only that, but I couldn't walk after I got like surgery. And I, I was such an athletic person before. And I went from like being able to, I'm five nine, being able to dunk. I dunked twice in my life. And then barely being able to walk and then taking months to walk and then taking like a few years to like get under a barbell. Like that was the scariest thing in my life. So I think it showed me it's going to, everything's going to be okay. And then it showed me, um, that like, dude, I could put in work and know something's going to pay off Mm. for a long time. Like, I feel like so many people are so caught up in instant gratification. Like I'm the opposite dude. Like I know this work is going to be worth it. I think that's what's cool about what you're doing with Uphill, because it's been, what, four years? Yeah, coming up on four. four years. Are you huh. throwing a party, side note, for the No, but year? I should. Yeah. <laughs> we should. Yeah, you should. Yeah. What month is the fourth year? I believe it might have just passed. I think it was August. Oh, if man. We're, if, we're going like, <laughs> if we're going straight off the books, it's August. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's great, man. I think those are really valuable lessons. Actually, side note, I didn't realize you could dunk. Have you dunked since then? No, okay. no, dude. It's like that, that's not happening again. Five nine, and you dunked. Yeah, that's yeah. incredible. Only two times though, and it was off like a bounce, so I couldn't run up and jump. But I had the bunnies, and I have witnesses. So that's all that matters. That's all I need to say. Like, I could dunk, but was it was only like, twice was this in a one-hand small ball. Or was this no, like, it was a normal ball. Right. But someone would toss it up, and I would come and, you know, but it only happened twice. So, but that's what I like work up to. Um, <laughs> that's actually epic yeah my friends make so much fun of me because i say i dunk. They're like dude you dunked twice <laughs> you dunked twice. like they still did it that's more than most people <laughs> exactly right i bet exactly. you there's maybe what one percent of the population that could probably dunk if i had to guess dude that's probably like less like under it has to be under one percent dude yeah yeah like a fraction of a okay percentage. you just made me feel way better about myself. for real though <laughs> yeah seriously. i'm just thinking about it as like there's maybe like a fr- I, I even think about it from the standpoint of like as two guys who are super into fitness and super into oh. health and like all of our community here in austin mm-hmm. is like even the aspect of people who will go out of their way to weight train push their body mm-hmm. do challenging things even that is like five percent of the population oh dude yeah that's nuts i saw i can't remember the exact stat but it was like if you go work out like five times a week you're like in the like top percentile in the world like that's nuts dude that is so that's wild. insane i know I, I love pulling stuff like that because i think we're 
we're always just seeing the tip of the iceberg, mm -hmm. right? And I think this is true for even financial endeavors is like, I, I'm trying to remember the exact number. It's something along the lines of like, if you make more, if you, if you literally make six figures a year, or maybe it was like $120,000 a year, you're literally in the top 1%. Yeah. Like in the world, mm -hmm. which. Oh, we're so spoiled, dude. Like, we, like we really are. We forget it. Isn't that crazy? It. It's not. Everyone's like, how can I make a million this year? How can I have a million dollar brand? Which is cool. I think yeah. everyone should have like super high ambitions and goals in life. 100%. But I think it's also important to take the perspective of like, if you're even like making $80,000 a year, you're in like the top 5% of the world. Like, yeah. You're doing great. Right. Perspective. Yes. Perspective and like being grateful. 100%. Dude. And then on top of the fitness thing, like we're in Austin. So like everyone is fit here. Like there's everyone. so many fit here. I went home to El Paso and I was visiting, visiting my family. And I was like, oh, I want to do a cold plunge. And I looked up cold plunges. There was not one. Yeah, I don't Not it. one. Yeah. And I was like, what? Business idea. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a market for it, though, because like, yeah. I bet you in El Paso, nobody is looking for a cold plunge. That's otherwise. true. I think it, it'd have to be in the right like right yeah, yeah. spot, but random. Because El Paso is what, like half a million people or something like that? It's, I think it's above that, bro. Is it? I think it's pushing closer to a million now. Really? Yeah, it's, it's pretty freaking big. People don't realize how big it is. We don't have to go too deep into this really mm -hmm. quick, but I am actually curious because so anybody listening, I didn't actually know this until I looked it up after I talked to you. Mm -hmm. El Paso is like the corner of what would that be West Texas, mm -hmm. right next Southwest, to New Mexico, yeah. literally like the very very tip. Yeah, New Mexico, you get New Mexico, Mexico, and Texas right in that corner. Right in that corner. Okay, yeah. people think it's like south for some reason. I did too, actually, yeah. until I looked it up. So curious, mm -hmm. what's like the short version of like, what's it like in El Paso if no one's ever been there? Um, it's very, uh, like I'm Hispanic, I'm Mexican. Uh, <laughs> this is a perfect example. First time I came to East Texas, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of white people here. <laughs> 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 that that kind of sums it up. Okay. <laughs> like I thought it, like white people, white people majority was foreign to me. <laughs> like it was wild. And so it's like very, it's very like its own city. Okay. It's very its own city. Because you also have a military base there. So you just have like so many kinds of people there. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Fort Bliss and Biggs. Like I grew up in a military school or went to a school where a bunch of military kids went to. So all my friends were like in the military. Did you ever go out and visit, uh, what's that national park out there? Big Bend? Sands? No, no, Big Bend. We went on a field trip. I haven't camped out there though. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It's Not beautiful. worth it. Worth it. Not worth it. I want to go camp now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We, we weren't able to stay out there. We were like five years old. <laughs> oh, well, it's one of those things where it's, it's very inconvenient to get there. It's in the middle of nowhere, dude. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. No, like no matter even if, if you fly in, no matter where you fly in from, it's still like what? Probably five, six hour drive. Yeah. I think from El Paso, it's like four. See, that's crazy. Yeah. It's like one of the most inconvenient national parks. And it's like, is it worth the nine hour drive? I don't know. People that have gone though, that I've talked to have said it's beautiful because hmm. there's like a little oasis in the in the middle of the desert i mean i suppose it's probably the classic <clears throat> if it's really hard to get there there's probably not a lot of people there which mm. kind of makes it a little bit more cool very true very true unlike where i just was in italy where everyone was there was yeah like, oh i bet dude rome was nuts it's probably beautiful though it's cool it's amazing like architecture and like history and all the things you expect and i love stoicism i don't know how familiar with stoicism but like I love all the like Marcus Aurelius and Seneca and old philosophy. Yeah. But in terms of the amount of people there, I would not live there. Way too many people. It, dude, it's cr it's literally it's literally 3 million people. Oh, I did not know that. In one city and then on top of that, they get about on average a half a million people of tourism 
regularly throughout the course of the year. I did not know that, dude. So holy shit. Yeah, the tourism and it's bananas. So that's becomes overwhelming for sure, especially as a fellow introvert. Yeah. But um, <laughs> so I want to jump into where did uphill start? So I, was this when you were working at the Marriott? Or like, yeah, okay. it was actually, okay. which is pretty crazy. Well, that's where the idea spurred. Um, for people that don't know, I've always been into like shoes and fashion and clothing and stuff like that. I remember specifically, um, I worked loss prevention at the JW Marriott, which is like security, fancy code for security. Um, and I'm sitting with my good friend in the office and I'm like, I'm such a positive, like, let's go do this person. Yeah. I was like, Dude, let me look at like look at these like pieces of paper. I had like sketches drawn out of logos. It's like, do you always want to work security? <laughs> like I'm trying to convince him like to do bigger things. And that was I laughed so hard because it worked. He's like, dude, you're right. And he like walked out of the office and was like, he was he was sold on it, which was really funny. But um it's while I worked at the JW. Uh it was just one of those things where I love fashion. Um and I was already graduated from college. And it was like, dude, if you want to try something, do it now. Cause I'm such a, like, if I don't try it, I'm going to regret it. And I mm. don't want to regret it. So I had no idea what I was doing, but that's how it started. And I didn't even know like the name at the time. I didn't even know the exact logo, but I knew what I wanted to do. And then first step was, uh, I think I've told you specifically the story before is like the first thing we ever did is I took like, I think it was 300 or 600 bucks out of like my savings and I took it to some old lady who did embroidery and I bought like 15 hats and she embroidered them for me and that's like that was my first like drop but like I love that now like I love that dude the lady was like some somewhere by UT she was working out of her house and it was to the point where I didn't even have a file yet so I brought her a piece of paper with a mount with a logo drawn on it, it was like can you do this she was like you don't have a file <laughs> I don't and she luckily she made it for me um, that's an amazing origin story, bro. It's pretty cool. And the, the, like, dude, I love my friends and the people that support me because guess what? I sold every one of those hats. Hell yeah. Like immediately, which Hell is yeah. really cool. And then I just kept flipping after that. And then it's just grown into this pretty cool thing now. Like the transformation from how we started to like where we are now is like insane because it's complete, not completely different, but it's like morphed so much that, um, like, I'd look at it from the outside now and be like, that's a pretty cool fucking brand. Mm -hmm. You know, when, like, I'd literally drawed up some freaking designs on a piece of paper. And I have the original one, which is really cool. And that's, that's like, what it stemmed from. Dude, if anyone's watching, not just listening, like, your swag is ridiculous. Thank you, bro. But Thank I think you. that's important to remember for anybody who's interested in, even if they want to do something similar, is, like, it's been four years. Yeah. Oh, right? Dude, yeah. That's the other thing is... At the same time, like it was four years ago and I didn't know anything about it. And then to the other side is like, I'm still learning and it's taken four years and I feel like we're just getting the ball rolling. Like we're just catching momentum. Dude, I, I think a lot about just the aspect of like 10 years. Mm -hmm. I, I'm always like, I'm always trying to remind myself of like, it's like anything in life, man, is like when you see people who are really good at their sport or a musical instrument or again, business or a clothing line or apparel is like, you got to play the long game. Yeah. Like we're talking years, if not decades mm -hmm. before you can actually expect to get some good at something because like you're competing with other people that have probably been doing it for a really, really long time. Dude. And you have no idea how many times I would hear, like, I'm a big dreamer 
and I've always been that way and I love it. But when I told people like I wanted to start a clothing brand, I was like, do you know how saturated that market oh, is? Yeah. Oh, do yeah. you know how hard it is to do that? And I'm like, dude, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm going to make this happen. Yes. And I tell people like the only difference between you and me is like, I don't quit. Mm. Like, I keep going. Like, I'm going to figure this out. Um, so that's kind of like how I worked my way in is like, dude, I didn't know anything about anything. I took a piece of paper to some lady in a sweatshop out of her house. Like, and we figured it out since. So, um, but that's like the beauty behind it is, um, I'm always pushing back and forth. Like we've come so far, but like, or it's like, we're not doing enough. And like, it's walking that line and trying to just keep that pace because like, you have to remind yourself like how far you've come, but like, I still have these super high expectations. Totally. I think that's like what you see of all the high achievers that I've noticed anyways, is that they've learned how to toggle like ridiculously stupid, hard, just work ethic and grit and resilience, but they marry it with an appreciation for how mm -hmm. far they've come. Cause you can't be all one or the other. Yeah. Right. Like you need a balance of both. And like, like I said, I think all the high achievers I see learn how to toggle between those two mm -hmm. is appreciating how far you've come, but also like you're never satisfied. So in those four years, what's maybe like the big lessons that you've learned that you can maybe share with others? Most importantly, like just, which ties into like kind of everything I've done. It's like, just keep going. Like you're going to figure it out. Like don't let anyone drag you down. Um, the other thing is, uh, we chatted about this a little bit is like, I was so scared of being judged for so long because it's for, uphill was made four years ago, but that first year, I don't count it because I didn't like put anything out for a year because I was so terrified that someone was going to judge it or someone was going to say it sucked or just put myself out there as the owner of this brand, you know? And once I got over that fear, like night and day hmm. and it was just like dude you're doing this if you're gonna do it go 100 percent. and that's translated into everything else i've done so like trust yourself um like who gives a fuck about what anyone thinks how do you get the word out about uphill now or how is the word spreading about um that dude it's pretty pretty cool i mean we're mainly on social media that's like our main source because marketing is so kind of tough to figure out right now hmm. um so social media is our main thing, but it's just kind of cool. I don't want to say it's happened organically, but um, I've had so many people like, this is really cool for me is when I'm going somewhere and someone's like, dude, where'd you get that hat? Or where'd you get that shirt? And I'm like, this motherfucker must know, like, I have a brand or something. Are they fucking with me? Yeah, <laughs> yeah are they fucking with me? <laughs> but no, and then like, I'll talk, I'm like, oh, it's, I actually like own a clothing company. They're like, really? Can I like, tell me your IG? And I'm like, dude, that's so cool. Um, or I'll have people like, what's insane to me is it's not local anymore. Like we've sent to like four or five different countries. I have a guy that DM'd me that was like, Hey, I'm in France. Can you like ship? And I was like, Hey dude, it's going to cost a lot of shipping, but we'll make it happen. Um, damn. And then I'll That's get cool. like messages from people. Um, I had a coworker right now that just moved to Chicago and she messaged me and she's like, dude, I saw someone at the beach with an uphill hat. And I was like, Oh my God, that's so cool. Like when it's. I love when people I know buy my stuff, but when people you don't know are yeah, buying yeah. your stuff oh, from yeah. somewhere else, like yeah. that makes me feel really good. Like that's cool. Yeah. I remember even, so the last, our last time we recorded when I totally fucked up and I didn't actually get recorded. <laughs> I remember we went to the gym afterwards and there was some guy at the gym and 
I don't remember if he recognized you or not, but it was like someone you didn't know. Yeah. And they're like, Hey man, like love the brand, love the product or whatever. And it was like, it was cool. Like it was cool yeah. to just see that. And I'm sure like you still probably get butterflies from people are like, yo bro, like mm-hmm. love the product, love the, love the brand. Like, and yeah. And it. I love it, dude. Like I'm not one of those persons that like, don't talk to me. Yeah, yeah. Like, dude, I want to talk to everyone that reps my brand. Like, totally. thank you. Totally. Like if I see someone that I don't know and they're wearing my stuff, I'm going to go up to you and be like, Hey, I'm Jason. Like, Thank you for like, I, I like, that's my stuff. Like, thank you. Like, I appreciate it. And I think people love that, bro. Like, do you think, like, what do you think it is that's clicking for people that makes them want it? Is it just because they think it's a cool brand? Do you think they resonate with the message? Like, what do you feel like it is that's clicking for people? I think, well, I know when I started the brand, even when I like, uh, decided on the name, the name is what took me the longest because for me, I wanted it to be cool, but it had to have meaning hmm. because I know if you start with a message at the foundation compared to like something that just looks cool, the one with the message is just going to outlast it. And we've built this like pretty cool community now because of the message. Like there's an uphill community of people that just are diehard and there's, it's so cool. I did not expect that, but it's because we started with the message because like everyone could resonate to that everyone's going through something. It doesn't matter how significant or insignificant it might seem to you, but that's what brings you together. Like we're all going through something. And the fact that our brand pushes, like you're going to be okay, keep going, keep Mm -hmm. pushing, like have a good perspective about it. It's going to pay off later. And I think that's what like really ties people in together. And that's how we've built this community. And now it's my favorite thing out of anything. Like I did not expect to have a community of people that just like are die hard about the message. Like, yes, I think we make cool clothing, but the fact that like they know the message is the most important thing to me. How did you figure that? Or, or maybe you didn't. I'm curious as to how that was kind of birthed because I know we were briefly talking before we started recording about a recent book you've read, Start mm-hmm. With Why by Simon Sinek, mm-hmm. which is a lot of what you're talking about, correct? Mm-hmm. But it seems like you, for whatever reason, maybe instinctively knew that was really what you wanted to do was push a message, not so much mm-hmm. just a clothing. Because I agree. I think a clothing line is a clothing line. Mm-hmm. Everyone and their mom has a clothing line at this point. Mm-hmm. It's really about why, mm-hmm. right? What's the purpose behind it? What's the mission? What's the message we're trying to communicate to people mm-hmm. that makes it valuable, yeah. right? And that's what you're doing. Did you instinctively know that? Like, where does that come from? Well, I think I just saw, I think I'm really good at, um, not just in clothing, at like looking at something and being like, that doesn't work. I can make this better. Because like for clothing, and I think for most things, we're not reinventing the wheel. You're just trying to make it better. Totally. Um, and I think that's where people go wrong. It's like 99.9 of the good ideas have already been like made. So how can we make them better? Hmm. Um, and for me, I just saw so much fast fashion. Like I would see brands that would come in and they'd be gone in like a day. Or they'd be gone or they don't have like loyal followers and things like that. And for me, just because of my background, it was really important to have meaning behind it. Mm. Like I'm a very passionate person about everything I do. Training, my clients, the people I care about, especially my brand, like that's my baby. And I'm not afraid to like care about things. And I think for so long, caring about stuff was lame. And I think that's so fucking stupid. <laughs> like, how does that even make sense, bro? Like, <laughs> I care about people and my people know that. Um, so it had to have a meaning that just had value to it and that people could resonate with. Have you had any issues with letting go of like, I don't know, certain tasks, maybe employees, maybe things that aren't aligned? Like, Dude, oh my God, that's the hardest thing. So um, 
within the last year, actually last year in December, I brought on my business partner. Shout out Scott. Scott's great. He's yeah. amazing. He's great at what he does. Um, and at the time, I was starting to get overwhelmed because if I don't do it, it's not done right. And that could only get you so far because I was starting to get overloaded with my brand, overloaded with my training, overloaded with my clients, and I was just running very thin. And it actually came really full circle because I think it was three, four years ago when I first started Uphill. I had met Scott and I had seen how great he is at, great he is at what he does. I had seen like he's just a workhorse and he cares about it. And he worked for someone else at the time. And I told him, I was like, dude, if I ever have anyone to work with me or like be a business partner, I want it to be you. And at the time, the cards weren't like dealt that way because I had just started. <laughs> like I didn't even have any merch out yet. And then a couple of years ago or last year, I believe when he moved back to Texas, he was like, hey, dude, I'm moving back to Texas and I would love to be a part of like what you're doing if that offer is still on the table. And like the stars just aligned because I was so like run down at the time. I was like, we're doing something right. That's that's just like the world telling me I'm doing the right thing. And so since we brought, since me and Scott are now partners, he had to teach me, like, dude, you got to delegate, bro. If you want this to be successful, you have to delegate. Because I wanted, I was so scared about keeping our message intact. Totally. And I don't want it to be diluted that I had to do everything. And he's like, bro, if this guy designs this, it's not going to dilute your message. <laughs> <laughs> You know, like, yes. that's okay. And I was like, you know what? You're right. And that's been super hard for me. Um, it's just, I was so used to having control of everything totally. and wanting to go at the, go, want it to go the right way. Cause I, it's my baby. Like I want it to be great, but like, I wanted control of everything. Totally. And I don't want this to be like a local brand. I want it to be huge. And if we want to get to that stage, I'm going to have to have employees. I'm going to have to trust people and I'm going to have to mold people. But me and Scott had another conversation that, dude, when we have people that work for us and you're able to help them achieve their goals and help mold them, like that's going to feel really good. So I can't wait for that moment, to be honest, because that excites me more than like anything else. Dude, you got me excited. Yeah, it's, it's cool, dude. Like I have a I'm so optimistic. So when we have these conversations, like I'm all positivity. Yeah, probably to like a flaw, honestly, but. I would say that's a very common trend, though, that I've seen with a lot of people that I've talked to is just, yeah, control issues. I think exactly of what you're saying is that we we hold a standard. We have a certain level of like quality that we want, and we want to guarantee that our customers are as happy as humanly possible. And we're afraid that if we give it to somebody else that it just won't be good. When in reality, when you empower other people to do what they're also great at, it actually makes the brand better, not worse. Yep. Assuming you have the right people around you that actually want what's best for it. Mm -hmm. Your job as the owner is just to like push the vision, push the mission, yeah. right? And let everybody else do what they're good at around you, essentially. And if they're bought into like what we're doing, then there's not going to be too many issues, right? Totally. As long as we guide them along the right path. And once Scott kind of explained that to me, I was so excited about it. I was like, dude, we could help someone else grow into their own. Totally. Like, that's awesome. Like, totally. I think that's really freaking cool. And I think like that's how you build a pretty cool company culture is you, for me, hands off. I trust you with this. Like, you're going to do it. And if you need help, I'm here. So, I mean, it's scary for me. It's terrifying. But that's so exciting. Yeah. I think that's so cool. Because even the fact that having employees, like, we just, dude, I just paid this lady to embroider some hats for $600. Now I have an employee. Like, that's going to be really cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that leads us to today. Mm -hmm. 
So you're training, you're doing uphill. Is training mm -hmm. something you do out of joy or is it a funnel of money to help push the brand up uphill? So it's a little bit of both. Um, but nowadays I enjoy my training a lot more. Cool. Because before I was working for someone else. Right. And I was not getting paid well. And I'm such a passionate person. I give everything to my clients. Totally. doesn't matter how much they're paying me. I'm going to give the person in front of me everything I have. So when I was doing the group training and I was doing that full time, it was so hard because it's like putting on a show. You have to have high energy. And I'm doing that six to eight classes a day. Like that was nuts. Um, and finally, I kind of hit a point where it was like, all right, dude, like you're wearing yourself thin and you're running out of money. And you have to support yourself before you can support your brand. Mm. And that's another thing me and Scott have a conversation about. Me and Scott are so, um, we're, I don't want to say we're opposites, but I didn't need a yes man as a business partner because I had a lot of people interested as like, hey, do you like this? And they would always say yes. I don't need that. I need you to give me my honest opinion. Totally. Scott has never been scared to give me his honest opinion. And I value that so much. Totally. Because he said, hey, bro, like, take some time away from uphill. Not that I took time away, but, like, lean your life first so you could control your life, and then we could worry about uphill. So I transitioned from group training to independent training, which was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life outside of, like, the brand and stuff. Um, and it was just incredible because uh, I like to think I'm good at what I do. And I had some clients come with me, and they got me started. And within a month, life had like turned around drastically where I was making more money. I had more time for my brand. And since then, Uphill has taken like leaps because we've been able to put the time that it deserves. Mm -hmm. So stepping back, looking at the situation, Scott telling me, dude, like get your shit together so we could really get this through the door. Um, so like I can't I can't give him enough credit because he's helped me realize what we have to do. He's a. It's not a yes man. Like that was the most important thing. Like me and him butt heads sometimes, but it's not arguing butting heads. It's let's figure this problem out. Um, and that has been like the most valuable thing to me. That is one of the traits that I most often look for just in general in my friends. I'm a, I'm a very judgmental person for better or for worse. Mm -hmm. I would say for worse because sometimes it makes me feel like I'm not super empathetic, but for better, it definitely helps me vet the people that I spend time around. And uh, well, I would say that exactly what you're talking about is that is the most common trait that I look for in my friends is honesty. Mm -hmm. And that sounds so simple, but it's like honesty to the point where I know you have my best interest in mind and you're not just being honest just to like for the sake of like to smash my feelings or mm -hmm. something like that. You're like you actually want what's best for me. Yeah. I'll never forget. I had a buddy once. I was like showing him my run times <laughs> and he said... He's like, he's like, whoa, man. He's like, you're really slow. And, and like, and it hit me, right? It like, yeah. it punched me. And I was like, oh, like, really? And then like, I sat on him for a little bit and we talked about it and he like mm -hmm. coached me through some of the stuff. And then afterwards, I actually made a post about it. And I was like, you know, it's friends that like, they tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what I value. Like, yeah. don't, don't like just like, cool. Sometimes it's fun to be hyped up and like, you're doing yeah. awesome. That's fun as well. But I really value the friends that'll tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. Like, yeah. Those are the important people in my life. And there's a way to go about it, right? Totally. And I'm, I feel the same way as far as like, sometimes I might not be as empathetic as I should be. There's times where Scott will like send me an idea and I'm like, no, dude, like, no. And then I think like my communication could have been better, but I'm honest. And I think it goes the same for like vice versa for him. 
like sometimes like I'll say some stuff or I'll send him a design and be like, I think this is really cool. He's like, it doesn't align with what we're doing. And I'm like, oh, I just spent a couple of hours sitting here <laughs> making this design. Like, no, but that's what I need. Yes. Because um, since we've had this, like now me and Scott are always going back and forth and we're in constant communication. Like we have more of a straight line. Like obviously business life doesn't go in a straight line, but we've gone in the right trajectory now since having these, having each other to bounce things off. It hurts when you spend a few hours on something and you're like, nah, man. I like, <laughs> know, right? That wasn't but it. That's why, that's why we're delegating now because it shouldn't take me two hours to make the simple design <laughs> so when someone could do that in like 10 minutes. Uh, okay, so this leads us to, so what's the future of Uphill Battle? So I know that you got a launch coming up here. Mm -hmm. You got some new clothing line coming out from some joggers and some, what yep. do you call them, wife pleasers? Wife pleasers, baby. <laughs> so it's like a, a wife beater, but we're going with wife pleasers because, like you that. know, um, it just works. But Politically correct. Uh, exactly, in today's age. Yeah. But um, we worked really heavily Q1 and Q2 to find some manufacturers um, we took a huge step in the beginning of the year of stopping uh, we used to use guys locally to print stuff buy blanks print stuff and then sell them um, in my opinion to take like a big jump as a brand we had to have everything made from scratch so we took Q1 and Q2 to really test the manufacturers out um, to really test the materials to really test sizing like everything from top to bottom um, so we got that down we're still actively working on it, but it's awesome to have your own tags on there, to have every material you wanted to use, every design you wanted to use, figuring that out. So we got our manufacturers now. So now it's, okay, let's be consistent with drops. So if we could push something monthly, if we could push something every two months, that's our next thing. Because we used to take so long to get it done, and we see so much growth within one drop. So we need to be able to strike while the iron's hot and keep going because that's the only way our brand's going to grow. Especially with, like, I don't like to compare myself to other people, but the brands are constantly, like, putting things out. And we have to put things out. We have to stay relevant because that's part of the game. Mm. Um, so being more consistent, um, bringing out quality stuff, uh, is kind of the goal, but October, end of October, beginning of November is going to be really cool. Cause it's the first time we're doing like bottoms. We've done shorts before, uh, but we've improved our shorts like tenfold. Now we have actual joggers and sweats and tees and like this launch is going to be huge. The skews that we had, the amount of skews we had was like huge compared to like, I used to order like 60 things at once. At once, like 60 total, and think that, think that was a lot. Like, we just closed out our biggest invoice to pay for that I would have never thought we got to that. And that was freaking scary, but it was so exciting. How many products was it? Or how much? Um, I think the SKUs went over like like 1,200, like 1,200 items. Oh my god, and that's not like different items, but like the total still. Um, so that was kind of insane to see just on paper because we're like, okay, we're gonna do these joggers and. This color, this color, we're gonna do this tea, we're gonna do this hat, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. My number might not be wrong, but I think that's what it was. Dude, I'm excited for you, man. That's It'll incredible. That's an amazing place to be. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited. It's scary, but it's fun. Yeah. Ride the wave, baby. And I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready for the ups and downs. At the end of it, you're gonna learn something. Whatever, whatever happens. I love that. Um, I have a round of rapid fire questions for you. So it's whatever the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Best business advice. Um, trust your intuition for sure. I think I used to get caught up in this person's advice, 
that person's advice. That statistically, this should work. Statistically, this doesn't work. And I think, I don't know what it is about us humans. I think we have an intuition inside us that is right most of the time. Might not be right all the time. It's right most of the time. I think it's like a it's like a subconscious thing, right? It's like you you try to logic your way through things when in reality like there's very few things in this world that are logical. I need to get you a sticker, man. I don't know if you know my mantra, less thinking, more doing. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, dude. I love that. Give me one, please. <laughs> Slap it on my forehead, dude. I put Jesus. it. I gave them out at my 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 events tonight and I gave them out two events ago or something like that. And mm-hmm. I can't tell you the number of people that have like tagged me or messaged me. Oh, I me. love that. Because, like, they put it on their laptop, and it's like... Because we are. There's so many of us that are just chronic overthinkers, man. And it's yeah. like... And life got so much better for me outside of business and inside of business when I started doing that. Totally. Which is nuts. What's your best marketing advice? Oh, that's a good one. Be genuine to who you are. Absolutely. What's your favorite part about entrepreneurship? Knowing that you could do better no matter how good you've done. Yeah, dude, it never ends. Yeah, that's hard. When are you the most productive? Oh, man. It's either early morning or late at night, even though they're super contrasting. You're a late at night guy. I was. Now I got to wake up at 5 a.m. every day. (laughs) So I could do both, man. It's crazy. That's impressive. I'm a very much like spread of the moment. If if, if an idea comes, I'm running with it. Uh, Who is your inspiration? Man, I have to say my siblings, my sister, and my dad, and my mom. Like, they've been through a lot, man. And they're still working on themselves. So it's just like a constant. Even though they might not be doing business or, um, you know, something, they're working on themselves. And they've been able to, like, push me out. So that's cool. (laughs) Yeah. Familia. Yeah. Who is your inspiration? Or no, sorry. Tell me one secret or something most people don't know about you. Oh, dude, that's hard. I feel like I'm such an open book that... You got any, like, weird quirks? I remember somebody... Who was it? Was it... Oh, it was Angela Gargano. You know her, right? She told me she sleeps with a nightlight. I thought that was pretty funny. No shit. Yeah. Um, Let me think on that one, bro. I need, like, a couple seconds. Um, Well, you know that I could dunk a bat. Oh, I used to be able to dunk a basketball. (laughs) That is a good Um, one that I did not know. Okay, Guilty Pleasure song. And I hate this... Taylor Swift, because there's so much Taylor Swift. But Love Story by Taylor Swift is a banger. <laughs> <laughs> Deep in a set of heavy squats. Taylor Just Swift. Go on that Taylor Swift, baby. <laughs> uh, what would you change about yourself? Let's see. And that's a good question because, like, I used to not like a lot of things. And now I'm like, I've grown into a place where I'm really comfortable with myself. Hmm. Um, I care about people a lot, and sometimes it burns me on one end. So I don't think that's a bad thing, and I don't think I would change it, but that's something I'm aware of now. That's good, man. I like that a lot. What's your favorite app or resource you're using right now? Dude, this is such a bro answer, but Avatar Nutrition. Why is that a bro answer? That's great. That tracks your macros, right? Mm -hmm. Have you ever used it? No, I use Chrono. Try Avatar. Really? I met the guy. His name's, I believe, Mark Springer. He was on the show. I'm correct. Really? Yeah. And his app is incredible. Is it that good? User-friendly interface, especially for people who are learning to do things, something new. Hmm. Um, I dealt with like bad habits tracking, and that app is incredible. Interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, I had him on. Uh, I don't know if you know his story at all, but he started that when he was living out in Florida, and he was literally like living out of a car and had like no money. I did not know that. Dude, the story of how he started that app is bananas. I met him once, but like it was great. He's yeah. a good dude. Yeah, yeah, he's here in Austin now. But uh, when were you the happiest? I think when I'm head down and working, and have something to look forward to, which is always. Um, I love the process. I love the process. I love the journey, bro. Like, I love the work. <sighs> I love that answer so much. I, uh, I was just talking to my girlfriend about that recently. I was like, I don't think I'll ever, like, retire. Yeah. Dude, like, and especially with, like, fitness and business, I feel like you get in these zones and it's almost like a high. Yeah, it is. Like, it's incredible. <laughs> totally. I think about that all the time, man. It's like, I, I work not out of obligation, but it's like, I just enjoy it. It's like, I don't even know what else I would do with my time. Mm -hmm. Like, I just enjoy it. There's like, nothing like being in that zone. Like, dude. nothing. Uh, what's your favorite part about Austin and you can't say the people? Community. There's so many different communities. Mm. Does that count? That's true. Sure. No, it's fine. Um, fitness community, business communities, um, cultures. Like, there's so many. And I think that's so cool. Because back home, there's none of that. Here... You could find someone that's doing the same thing and build a really cool community, no matter what it is. <clears throat> not even back, not even only back home in El Paso, but I just think about the greater of the world. Like even mm -hmm. when I was out traveling in Europe or I was back home in Minnesota or I spent some time really in a number of places. And every time I leave Austin, I'm reminded of like how lucky we are, I guess, and how yeah. blessed we are for like just health conscious and like mm -hmm. really wanting to make a difference and have an impact and like very grateful people. And like, you notice like everyone in Austin has like a side hustle. And I think that's so cool. Yeah. I think that's the coolest thing ever. It's cause I think they all are just ambitious and they want to do something with yeah. their life essentially. A hundred percent. I have one last question before I ask that question though, I want to acknowledge you, man. First and foremost, for returning for a second episode <laughs> after I really fucked yeah. up the first one. I know it took a while, so sorry. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, yeah. You have nothing to apologize yeah. about. I should have had this episode out a long time ago. So It's a good story. It's yeah. a good story. <laughs> yeah. See how optimistic I am, bro? Like <laughs> Now that we've finally been able to do this. Yeah. But, yeah, man, I want to acknowledge you for showing up today, for being honest and open and, like, not and showing all the rough edges of your life and like some of the challenges in El Paso mm -hmm. for sticking to building this brand for the last four years now for listening to your intuition and following your passions and for uh, being a dope dude in Austin. So thank you, man. Thank yeah. you for having me. Yeah, and thank man. you for being such a great host. Last question. It's really, Oh, before I ask it, what's your plug? Where can people find you? Uh, so I believe my Instagram is just my first and last name. So it's Jason.Lucero on uh, like Instagram. And then uphill is just uphillbattle.co. That's the Instagram and the website. So if you do anything, go follow the brand because I could care less about my personal stuff. The brand's where, where it's at. Love that. So it's really whatever your best piece of advice is. And so if you were to go back to maybe the beginning days of uphill battle or like just starting your entrepreneurship journey and you were to give advice to your younger self or really anyone else in that situation of like they're just trying to get their business going, what's maybe the best piece of advice you'd give them? Uh, for me, it's, I think, letting them know that no one is ever going to care as much as you do. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because that's been a roadblock for me. For sure. It's like, I expect everyone to care as much as I do. Yeah. And that's never going to happen. That's great advice, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show, brother. Yeah, thank you, man.
Hey friend, thanks for listening to the show. And if you have any feedback for me about the show or any other guests that you'd want to see in the show, definitely shoot me a message. I love engaging with my audience and figuring out how I can provide the best value possible to the people listening to this show. Before you go, I only have one ask of you and that would be to check out my three tips Tuesday newsletter. It's three marketing tips every Tuesday specifically for the health and fitness entrepreneur to help them attract new leads. If you press the link in the description, it'll take you directly to the archive of all my previous newsletters and you can decide for yourself if it's something for you. If you end up finding it helpful, you can just sign up for the newsletter and you'll get it in your inbox every Tuesday. Thanks again and keep hustling my friends.